Hello, this is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Baltimore on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Catholic Baltimore is a weekly radio program hosted by the Archdiocese of Baltimore, airing each Sunday following the broadcast of the Radio Mass of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic radio partners for sharing with us some of the content in this program and for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to the Archdiocese of Baltimore every Sunday. Welcome to Catholic Baltimore. My name is Father Brian Nolan. I'm a priest of the Archdiocese of Baltimore. We are blessed to have Father Chuck Canterna. Father Chuck was on a few months ago talking about prison ministry, but this is the month of October. And I want to talk a little bit more specifically about the reality of evil and the greater power of grace, of God's grace. So welcome, Father Chuck. I'm so happy to be here. As a prison chaplain, radio, especially Catholic radio, for the Catholic prisoners is is so important. When, When they know that a show is on, they listen to it, and it inspires them. And each week they look forward to it. So they'll be looking forward to this program. So, talk, talk, so speaking of homebound, can you say something about that specifically? Give an example of, of just what people have shared with you. Well, when you're in a cell 24-7, when you're deprived of your freedom, and when you know that you're going to be in jail for many, many years, there are certain rituals that you look forward to one of which are programs or people or books that can really inspire you. And Catholic Radio is a very important vehicle for men in prison, just as it would be for for men and women in hospitals or orphanages or in nursing homes. But in prison is very important, especially if you're going to be in prison for a long time. And you look forward each week to to certain people, certain evangelists, certain, um, certain speakers. And Catholic Radio has been very important in in my ministry because especially since uh, April I've been away because of a neck injury and many of the men have told me that Catholic radio has really helped them they've listened to it each day and each each Sunday and they look forward to the mass they look forward to the to the to the speakers and there's certain ones that they look forward to hearing so and maybe specifically everybody's looking for a word of hope right and especially maybe men and women in prison, but, but all of us are looking for a, a word of hope. Let's take a, a, a step just to look at the big picture for today. So we're talking about the reality of evil and, and yet the, the, the greater power of God's grace. There's some people that say, you know, evil is just not real. I'm not sure exactly, or even the devil is just kind of a, a made up thing, not that, not that the devil is the only evil in, in the world. What would you say to that? Oh my goodness. If you want to see evil, if you want to see the devil, uh, you can be in prison. But, the, but then you see the light too. Wherever the devil is strong, wherever there's evil, grace is much stronger. Yeah. Wherever there is darkness, the light is stronger. And that's something we have to remember because if you look at a situation where there's a, a fight or a stabbing or, or, or just bad communication between prisoners or officers or, or just people in general, then you have a tendency of feeling, oh, it's just overwhelming for me. But what we have to look at is Jesus Christ. Yeah. How did Jesus handle it? Jesus was, was real. Jesus walked among us. Jesus dealt with good and evil. And what did he do? He suffered through it. And this is what people in prison, men in prison, have to do and do very much. They have to learn and grow through their suffering. And you learn and grow through your suffering by suffering. 
and holding on, not giving up, not, not giving up by being faithful to prayer. And you learn very quickly that there are certain rituals, there are certain habits that you must develop. Prayer is so important. Prayer is extremely important. Prayer and sacrifice. If you really want to fight evil and darkness, if you want to gain grace, if you, and what is grace? Grace is God's life, God's presence. If you, if you really want to be in God's presence, you got to be willing to fight. It's a battle. It's a war. I tell the men all the time, this is war, man. This is war. <laughs> I mean, we have weapons. We have weapons to fight the battle. You have a rosary in your hand. That's great. Great. <laughs> we, got, we, we have weapons, the Bible, Scripture, the rosary. But fighting the battle means you don't give up. If you're in the front lines, and if you're in prison, you're in the front lines, then you fight the battle and don't give up. You don't give up when you see the evil that looks so strong. And, and the devil is a bully anyway. He wants you to think that he's bigger than what he is. He wants you to think he's 10 feet tall when he's only 2 feet tall. <laughs> he has a loud voice maybe. Uh, but he's not stronger than Jesus. Love overcomes evil. Good overcomes darkness. And if you hang in there and don't give up, and that's the key. And this is what I've learned from 40 years in prison ministry. If you don't give up, the light wins. It's when you give up, the darkness overcomes. And that's the reality of evil. Evil wants to get you real quickly and make you think that there's no hope. And then you give up. And, and, and today, it's very easy because so many people grow up in families where they don't have God. They grow up in families where, where there is evil in their own family, whether it's drug addiction or whether there is divorce or maybe not even living with your own parents, but living with somebody other than that, then you are not really cared for properly because the traditional family is what's so important. Many, many years ago, when I was asked to take over the Supermax prison in 1988, more than 30 years ago, there was at the penitentiary a group of men who were in, a, in an area called segregation. They were always getting into trouble and problems. So they took these 300 and some men and put them in the supermax. And they became the so-called worst, most violent criminals in the state of Maryland. Right. And what I learned from them when I interviewed each one of them in 1988, 1989, I learned very quickly that the number one problem facing them was their poor family backgrounds. Not a one had a strong family unit. And number two, the second biggest problem was the lack of a strong father figure, a male figure, that could really help them. The female was there, the mother, but you need both. And that was truly lacking. So when you see that at the beginning of someone's life, you can see why they wouldn't have a faith. They wouldn't be led to church. They wouldn't be seeing people that have, uh, that have good, strong, moral examples like, like a St. Joseph or a Mary. They would see the guys in the street doing drugs. They would see the guys who are getting easy money. And instead of doing things that are legitimate and taking a month to get some money, they'll do the illegitimate and get more money in one night than you would in a month. All right. So I think it's helpful also just to think about our three enemies. The Catholic Church makes that distinction. It says we have three enemies. Everybody has three enemies, the flesh, the world, and the devil. We have the flesh, our fallen nature. Our bodies are good, but they have a kind of a, fall, a fallenness. They don't always do what a desire to do. 
Second, the reality of the world is, is not at all an evil place. There's goodness in the world, but there's also fallenness and bad influences you're mentioning, maybe growing up in some bad environments. And then there's the reality of the devil, who's the fallen angels. God gives us guardian angels. But the reality of all three of these enemies, unless we're engaged in the battle, it's easy to be overrun. But if we're engaged in the battle, we have to know how to fight the devil. We have yeah. to know how to fight the world, the flesh, and the devil. That's right. You can't fight the world, the flesh, and the devil with guns and knives and violence. Yeah. You fight the world, the flesh, and the devil with a tactic that overcomes him. And you overcome the world, the flesh, and the devil through prayer, through prayer, and through prayer, through sacrifice, through prayer and sacrifice, through prayer and sacrifice. Yeah. And by following, if you're a Catholic, you want to go to Mass. You want to do the rosary. You want to go to confession and do the sacraments. If you're a true Catholic, you want to keep involved in the church and see what, what the church says. And then you'll, you'll, you'll find the, the graces that you receive. And then when you're in community with others, whether it be people that are similar to you or people that just share your faith, it means that you will grow. And Francis of Assisi has a, a famous line that basically says, one of the gifts that Christ gave us is self-conquest. It's literally the battle within, that Christ wants us to overcome ourselves, that we might live for him more and more. But there's a, a, that beautiful grace that the battle against evil is not out there. It happens sure. within, and yet God's victory starts within so it can be out there. We're going to take a little break. We're here with Father Chuck Canturna. What a great, great blessing. In the next segment, we're going to talk a little bit more about examples of how God gives us these graces to overcome evil because God's grace is more powerful than anything else. Uh, we'll be right back. May God bless you. more about what's going on in the church and the world than you can get from your daily newspaper or local TV? Read the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the church full-time, The Catholic Review. Pick up the print magazine monthly at your parish or have The Catholic Review delivered to your home every month. You can get fresh news every day online at catholicreview.org. Subscribe to The Catholic Review e-newsletter for twice-a-week updates just text CR Media to 84576. Find our app on Apple and Android and follow the Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. Wherever your faith takes you, Catholic Review Media is ready to inspire, teach, inform, and engage. Read it today in print and online at catholicreview.org. That's catholicreview.org. For 143 years, New Cathedral Cemetery has served the needs of the Catholic community of Baltimore and Central Maryland. New Cathedral is the only cemetery owned by the Archdiocese of Baltimore and is the final resting place for many religious orders and famous citizens. 125 acres of rolling hills, trees, and beautiful monuments, the cemetery is an oasis of peace and tranquility and is located off Edmondson Avenue just outside of Catonsville. 
Duke Cathedral is dedicated to the task of tending to the mortal remains of our dearly departed and has many more years of available space. If you are in need of a burial site, vault, monument, or marker, or just a respectful location to place your cremated loved ones, our counselors will help you through this process and make sure the wishes of you and your loved ones are honored. Visit us online at newcathedralcemetery.org, like us on Facebook at New Cathedral Cemetery Bonnie Bray, or call 410-566-7770. Welcome back to Catholic Baltimore. My name is Father Brian Nolan. I'm here with Father Chuck Canturna. Father Chuck has been involved in prison ministry, and our topic today is, yes, there's the reality of evil, but God's grace is so much greater. Is so much greater and Father Chuck is front lines in what some would consider some of the the darker people experience some of the darkness darker areas in prison so we want to talk about how God's grace is more powerful what are some examples you can give us of the living Word of God being a light in the prison whenever you're in prison one of the first realities that someone will find who actually goes into the prison and goes from cell to cell and visits the men you see that these men are no different than you or I. They want, they need, and they're hungry for God. They're hungry for the Word of God. They're hungry for inspiration and light. They want to see joy. I mean, anybody can be dark. Anybody can be mean. But to be joyful, to be light-filled, and Scripture is the way that people can be inspired. When you open up the Bible, and what I like to do, I just want to open up the Bible and the Feast of St. Francis of Assisi, and that's what he did. I mean, when he wanted to start his order, he, after Mass, went up to the altar and just opened up the Bible, the Gospels, in three places, and that was his order. I mean, that's faith, that's strength, and that's what I like to do in prison, just open up anywhere. And so often when I've been visiting men in the cells, I'll open up to, to Matthew or Sirach or the Psalms, and it'll just hit the men right, right, right where they need to be hit. And it's amazing how when you really have that faith that God will speak, just like Francis. And what were the three readings he got, he received? Well, number one was go sell everything you have, give to the poor. That was number one. Number two was I will send you out, and you won't need anything. Don't don't have an extra tunic or an extra coat or extra sandals. Just go out. I'll give you what you need. And number three, follow me. That And that's the Franciscan. And the same way with me. When I'm in prison, I, 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 I open up the Bible. I just open up. I'll open, I'll open up right now. We'll see what the Lord says right now. Heck, <laughs> yeah. And I just turn. Let me see. It says right here. I turn to 1 Corinthians, and it says, Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. This is chapter 11, 1 Corinthians. I praise you because you remember me in everything. So hold fast to all the traditions, just as I handed them on to you. That's a message. Just opened up. Because God wants us to imitate Jesus, his son. We need to imitate Jesus Christ. So when I'm walking around the cells, when men are in prison, who they imitate? Jesus Christ. When I'm walking on the streets, when I walk up, and I walk up every morning to the prison. I, I, I live in downtown Baltimore on the east side wait on the edge of downtown I walk up in the morning and there are a lot of homeless in this area and I'm praying I always have the Bible with me to 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 hold and I have the rosary in my hand and so often there's been disturbances people are arguing with each other or they might be be high on drugs or they might be angry because someone stole something from them 
but having the rosary or just the presence of of a priest wearing a collar, just the outward appearance, it settles people down. And you can pray. And I pray with I pray with people on the street. I mean, at a drop of a bucket, I'll pray with somebody. If we're talking, let's pray. It's always good. It's always good to pray. Yeah. So that's how we can imitate Christ. Wherever we go. Wherever we go. And anybody can do that. Mm-hmm. That's the reality of, no matter our experience of darkness in the world, uh, that Jesus Christ invites us to be a light. That's right. Be light. That's be right. Light, be lights to the world and salt to the earth. Mm-hmm. That's right. And that can be for anyone, even someone in prison. That's right. That's right. Mother Teresa was here back in 1993, and I remember her being up near Hopkins and people all around her, pray for me, Mother Teresa, pray for me. And, and they were grabbing on to her. And she walks into the Gift of Hope, which, which is the convent. And what does she do? She turns to the left, there's a chapel, kneels down and prays for all these people. And I was so impressed because I, I thought, how is she going to remember to pray for all these people? Well, immediately she prayed for them. She just didn't say it, she did it. And that's what we have to do. We are people who need prayer. And if, you, and if someone asks you to pray for them, sit down with them. Let's, let's pray right now. Well let's, well, let's open up the Bible, just like I did. Be imitators of Christ. We have to do that. That's the way we can evangelize, on the spot. Don't say, oh, I'll do it later. No, no, no. Do it right now. Right now. Yeah. Let's stop right now. And people are always sharing needs and saying, like, oh, I'm really concerned about my uncle or about my mom or things. So that is a great way we can be lights. Sure. Just right there. Yeah. And let's, let's pray right now. Right. And, and not only in the prisons, but when I walk from, say, the old supermax to the penitentiary to the diagnostic center, they're all within the two-block area. When I'm walking up Madison Street or Monument Street, people are coming down from Johns Hopkins or coming from downtown. If they see my caller, they'll stop their car and say, Father, my husband is dying of cancer. Let's pray. Can you, can you pray for me? Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll pray for them right now. So... It's not only within the prison walls, it's outside also. We can pray for one another. Where it's everywhere for every person. Right, everywhere. For, that's, that's right, Brian, you're right. That's right. <laughs> everywhere for every person. Be imitators of Christ. That's right. And if every one of us is more and more draws close to Jesus Christ. That's right. If more and more that image of the vine and the branches remain in me and I am you. That's right. We can be bright lights forever. That's right. yeah. and, and even a small candle dispels the darkness. Right on. Yeah. Oh, that's so true, Brian. So true. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Tell me a little bit more about, can you give me an example of where God's grace was just apparent, how he took pers- a person in darkness, kind of <laughs> really brought the light of Christ to them, and now they're being a light to others. There was a young man who was from Kentucky, but he was being transferred to Baltimore and to different places around the country because people were after him to kill him because he had given states evidence. He had, he had, for a better word, um, informed on others. So his life was very much in danger. He was part of a gang, part of a drug ring, and they would, every couple of weeks they were bringing him to a different prison so that the prisoners wouldn't know what he's in for and his life wouldn't be in danger. And he was with us for a couple months and then he would go to a different prison and then come back. But here was a guy who was facing life, who had done horrendous things, and he had killed. In fact, he had chopped a guy's head off, you know, and he had done serious crimes under the influence of drugs, but also because he was part of a gang. He, at a mass, was so touched by the readings that after mass he stopped me and said, what was said 
in that gospel reading, what was said. The word of God so touched him that he said, it just, I can't get out of my mind. And it so touched him. And, and you see, it's, it's like I'm on the, uh, it's like I'm standing on the sidelines. And all of a sudden I'm watching God work. And it's God who does it. I mean, all I did was read the gospel. Jesus touched the guy's heart. That's right. And this guy now is in prison and he is a leader. He's a strong, strong leader. And even though he'll spend the rest of his life in prison, he does not in any way feel rejected, depressed. He feels extremely inspired because one day he'll know he'll be with the Lord in the kingdom of heaven forever. And that's, isn't that the goal? That is the goal. I mean, what, what is a profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Better than spend your life in prison. Spend your life in prison. Get to heaven the next. <laughs> that's eternity. That's eternity. And be enlightened. Bring many more people with That's you. right. And bring them in. Oh, yeah. That, that's how you evangelize. Yeah. Got to get out there and, and spread the word. Don't be afraid to spread the word. There was, a, there, was a, there was a quote from Putter Pio the other day that I heard. And it, someone said, came to Putter Pio and said, I heard there was a prophecy of a Franciscan friar bringing like one third of humanity to heaven. And he said, why only one third? <laughs> like why only one third? Yeah, you know, that third? idea of we want everybody That's right. to be in heaven. That's right. And, and the fact that God can use every, every person. Right. And don't be afraid. We are so afraid to do it because of our culture or we don't feel comfortable, but just go out and try it. Spread Jesus Christ. What people need is hope. What they need is love. They need your love, our love. They need to be loved. They need, we, they need our kindness and they need our joy and they need to know that we're not giving up, that we're on the front lines. I'm not giving up. I tell we're gonna be on the front lines, man, to the day we die. <laughs> That's right, every single one of us. What a blessing, Father Chuck, to have you here today. Just talk about the reality of, yes, there's the reality of evil out there, but God's grace and the grace of Jesus Christ is more powerful than anything else. You are a living witness, and you are encountering living witnesses all the time in the prison. Yes. Praise God, and we thank you for their witness if they're listening. We thank you for your witness, and Jesus Christ thanks you too. May every one of us be bright, bright lights uh, for everyone. Well, this has been Catholic Baltimore, a great, great blessing. May God bless you and all those who listen to you. Child abuse is not only a crime, it's also a sin. The Archdiocese of Baltimore has long made the protection of children a leading priority in its parishes, schools, and other ministries. The Archdiocese seeks to keep kids safe through rigorous training and background checks and by implementing a zero tolerance policy for anyone credibly accused of abusing a child. For more information about the Archdiocese's efforts to keep our children safe, please visit www.archbalt.org. Life can be hard, and at times we feel overwhelmed and alone. When faced with problems, know that there is a group of Catholics who are part of the prayer ministry of the Archdiocese of Baltimore, waiting to lift you and your needs to God in prayer. This ministry is comprised of men and women, young and old, religious and lay, from every ethnic and cultural background. They pray as individuals and in groups, in homes and meeting spaces throughout Baltimore. Like you, they are people who have suffered the same hurts, fears, pains, sickness, loss, and everyday burdens. Learn more about this ministry by visiting our website at www.archbalt.com. 
archbishopdallas.org. If you are in need of prayer, send your prayer request to prayers at archbalt.org or by phone to 410-547-5517. Would you like to volunteer to be a part of the ministry? Prayer ministers are always needed. Please call or email our coordinator who would be happy to speak with you. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Baltimore. As we prepare for the week ahead, let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May God bless us and keep us always in his love.